0: It's for all the dreamers out there. You're gonna be.
1: Welcome to the Coaching for Change podcast. As co-founders of Coaching for Change, Marquise and I uh, have been working with college-age young adults for the last 12-plus years. Uh, there's a wealth of knowledge and experience that from each of their stories that we're hoping that they can share with us as they have proven to us over and over again um, that they have what it takes to succeed and lift up the world around them. This podcast is our opportunity to share those stories with you. To learn, to relate, and to motivate.
0: Coaching for Change is a nonprofit where we recruit, train, and deploy college students in the schools to serve as role models, mentors, and tutors. Do um, you wanna introduce yourselves today?
2: Yeah.
1: yeah,
3: okay. Hi, happy to be here. Um, my name is Amir Battle. I'm originally from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm currently studying, um, or getting my master's in public health at Brown University and will gr- be graduating in May,
4: 2024.
2: Awesome. Yes, thank you for having us. Um, my name is Leah Artis. Um, my hometown is Richmond, Virginia. My major is public health at Brown University. I graduate in 2024, so this year and, um,
4: Hi, my name is Asia Johnson. I'm from Providence, Rhode Island. I'm at Brown University School of Public Health. I'm getting my master's, my concentration is health behavior, and I'm graduating May 2024.
1: Since we are here today in the beautiful Spencer Borden Elementary School in Fall River, Mass., with the Fall River Public Schools, thank you to FRPS for giving us the space. Um, we figure we'd start By just reflecting a little bit on the time when we were growing up in elementary school and middle school, and learning like what was that like for you to navigate as a young student?
4: I don't want to have to go first all the time. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) y'all go. I'll break the ice, but maybe I don't have anything super special to say. Um, I guess reflecting on my elementary school experience. I was in the same school from first grade all the way to 12th grade. So it was the same building. It was the same teachers. So I think growing up, I always anticipated like who my teachers were going to be. And I already had these like assumptions about which class I wanted to be in and which class I didn't want to be in. Um, but education was really prioritized in my household, as I say. So um I don't particularly remember enjoying elementary school. I remember doing well. I was like that kid who would get in trouble for having a smart mouth, but always got my work done. Um, If I could go back in time, well, when I think back, I think my teachers could have been a little bit nicer to me. (laughs) I don't know, I felt like I was in like like beefs. Like there was like this power struggle between my teachers and I, because Mm -hmm. I was like, I know it was a know-it-all and I know I thought I knew everything and I did have a tendency to act up, but now that I reflect on like what it was like for me to be in elementary school, I think they could have been a little bit nicer to me. They could have tapped into that a little bit. Right. Cause yeah. now yeah. I'm not like that at all anymore. I don't think. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think i was acting out because of maybe I was like being, there was an unmet need there or something, but yeah.
1: Awesome.
2: Um, well first I just want to say like, I completely understand the power struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, And your teachers probably like saw something in you and they were like, oh, like, she's probably bright, but like getting defensive because, you know, people still do that today. But yeah, yeah, so my elementary school experience, um, I would say it was actually really fun. Um, Academically, like, you know, just went through the motions. Um, I felt like I had a pretty like, close-knit um, elementary school experience. Um, I'm still friends with a good amount of people that I went to school with um, cool. yeah. in pre-K and in elementary school. Like, two of my best friends, they actually recently came to visit, and I met them in elementary school. Nice, that's awesome. So it's, um, I'm very blessed to say that, like, that was kind of the start of me learning how to, like, build relationships with um, people and valuing, like, close relationships because I know how much or how much of a blessing that is. Um, so, like, academically, school was easy for me. I felt like I was... I felt like sometimes I was so smart that it would get me into trouble because it was like I would hurry up, finish my work, and then I would want to, like, play with, like, other students who were still doing work. <laughs> so um, sometimes my my teachers, instead of... Um, kind of like shaming me for it or like getting on me for it, which sometimes they did. Sometimes they were like, you know, stop talking. But um, other times they would like give me a book to read or like just something to do to occupy myself. Um, So that's how my experience was academically.
1: Awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Some similar situations that we have here. (laughs) Um, So from Phoenix, Arizona, and my elementary school was K through 8th. So literally the same group of people from K through 8th. And it's just seemed, mm, excuse me, it was just interesting to see kind of how like people change over the years, whether it's like family circumstances and stuff like that. But kind of like what Leah was saying, I was the girl that um, would get my work done. I was super smart. But I was a social butterfly. So mm-hmm. no matter where you put me, that you know, teachers try to have seating charts and yeah. stuff. No matter where they put them mirror, I was always talking. Like, I remember one time in second grade, they moved my desk to be at the teacher's desk. So I wouldn't talk. But I'd be <laughs> like, it's so boring over here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, elementary school was a time, kind of like what Asia was saying, um, most of my teachers were um, predominantly, like, Mexican or Hispanic and white. I think I got my first black teacher, I think in third grade. Mm. And I kind of felt like they kind of took me in my wing, underneath their wing as far as like, oh, you know, what does it mean to be like sit lady, like, or different things like that. And that was just like a transitional time for me in third grade. A lot of stuff happened. We're not gonna get into that, though. (laughs) Um, And uh, at that time I was like, okay, Um, education was also pushed Um, heavily in my family most of my family members are educators Mm -hmm. and so I was like okay always been pushed that education is important coming from like my mom is a first generation college student and like my grandparents were like a meat cutter and stay-at-home mother so it was just like okay education can take you far education is the way to go and so like when I realized that oh wow like I am smart and I can do something like education and I also dance. That was like my heart and soul. Been dancing since I was five, still dancing to this day. Nice. Nice. And it was always like, if you don't do your schoolwork, you don't get to go to dance. I'd be like, no. So education was very important.
1: Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, right off the bat, there's been a lot of talk about the change that takes place, especially in middle school. Um, and I'm guessing that going into high school, that just kind of continues to increase, um, even staying in the same school for the whole time. Um, there's a lot of change that happens over those years. I'm curious to hear kind of more about that, like what what about the change was the hardest for you um, and how did you try to navigate through what was going on?
2: Mm-hmm. Ooh, Let's see.
3: I can.
1: Start yeah, go right. for it. Because
3: like, I'm like, yeah. So, um, they in like the Phoenix Union like high school district. There's like feeder schools into like the from the elementary schools, and most of the people I was with from K through eighth also went to the feeder high school. And I was like, I don't want to see you people again for another four <laughs> more years. So no harm, no foul. But I was like, I want something new, and um. I went to a different high school where only one other person from my elementary school class went. So it was a big change for me. That was a feeder school for a different um, area in South Phoenix. And so I came in like knowing only one person. I knew nobody. And I remember feeling like my first week, like, oh, I should have went to the feeder school. Like I missed like my friends. But it was just like, my mom just reassured me. and was like, no. Like, this change is uncomfortable, but it's going to be well. And so I dibbled and dabbled in different things, although I was still dancing. Um, I was an honor student in high school. I did track and field all four years, so that's how I, like, met some more people. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember, like, trying a Pacific Islander dance club and um, National Honor Society and just making my way through and, like, Now I think about it, as like me knowing only one person, I went all the way my senior year, I was student body president. Mm. And so it was just like, wow, if I wouldn't have left the familiar situation, I would have never grown and that would have never wanted me to want to leave Arizona to go to college. So Mm -hmm. it was a great transition. I felt like I have like little friends from different cliques and different groups and, you know, the theater kids, student government kids, like... I knew everybody, got to meet everybody and (laughs) just build relations. And so, yeah.
1: That's awesome.
0: And as you, like, from knowing one person to getting involved with all these activities, like, what was it that, like, really helped you break out of your shell to Mm. embrace the newness?
3: Yes, because I was very shy. (laughs) i very shy. And, um, hmm, break out of the shell. I think it was probably doing track and field mm. because like kind of like you know they separate the honors kids and me although my high school was predominantly like black and hispanic i was mainly the only like few black people in like my honors classes and so it was just like okay we have the education part but i was like i want to meet people outside of like my honors class mm-hmm. and so like i got to meet all kinds of different people in the track and field team and um kind of break out of my shell of being this like quiet girl like my mom likes to say i have a little sass or a little hood in me i don't (laughs) want to say that but like yeah i know how to be like professional and then you know they say code
2: switching so yeah yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. awesome awesome
2: yeah so um the transition was i wouldn't say it felt like it was a big deal going through that change but what I will say is in middle school um you know as people do they tend to form cliques and mm-hmm. so in middle school it seemed like those cliques were established like the first day we went in in like sixth grade okay. and so I guess I, I I ended up in a clique that I they were my friends and they were cool but um We just didn't have a lot in common, so I just kind of rode the wave with Mm -hmm. them for all three years. Um, And then there was another group who I really enjoyed. Like, whenever I was around them, like, they made me laugh. Like, it was really cool, but I was like, oh, they have their group established. Like, I don't want to impose. So um, in eighth grade, um, so two of my friends that I had known, like, in elementary school, they were a part of that clique, but you know i would like just talk to them and not really like we would all go out. So in 8th grade um i was in band and they all wanted to do marching band. I didn't really care too much for it, but <laughs> since they wanted to do I was like i guess i'll go ahead and do it too. And so summer before high school we had band camp and it <laughs> it was very um <clears throat> made a lot of memories. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> We made a lot of memories, but um, I would say that's when I really started coming into myself because my friends were very involved. Like my best friend, she was a cheerleader and she did band. I don't know how she did it because, you know, we had to cheer and play instrument (laughs) while they were playing football. But um, so that was like I was really starting to hang out with people who had like my like-minded or they were like-minded and we had the same mindset and so it was nice to go from like one group where I felt like they didn't understand me that well and oftentimes sometimes I felt like they didn't like me but then like feel welcome feel encouraged like we had the same growing up experience um we could relate on a cultural basis more and so Um, honestly, I would say the beginning of high school is when I really started understanding one, what it means to be black, but also like really the importance of embracing the black experience or my culture. So, yeah.
4: Yeah. Middle school is like you're dealing with, um, just the social pressures, gossip and looking cool and feeling cool. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and then, I think high school is when I at least started to realize that, like, I'm not here to impress other people. Like, that's when you can start to, like, actually embrace yourself. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I wasn't, like, unapologetically black until I was in high school. Because at that point, it's like, you don't really care. Like, at least for me, like, you like what you like. But I know middle school, you're, like, so influenced by, like, what other people have to say. And mm-hmm. it was like, yeah. even when I work with, like, the middle schoolers now, like, Things happen, like, they squabble back and forth. And I know it's not the end of the world, but I know to them it is. Like, nice. it really was that serious. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you feel like you have no other option to do something or say something. And I'm like, it gives me, it makes me a lot more charitable when I'm doing with the middle school because I know, like, how life or death everything felt. But <laughs> looking back, and at least it clicked when I was in high school, where it's like, I don't care anymore. Like, yeah. I'm just going to yeah. be me into what I have to do. Mm-hmm.
0: Can you guys talk a little bit about what helped you keep taking steps and exiting your comfort zone to keep going?
3: Mm. Do you want to go? No, first? go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I would just jump too quick because I feel like I always get in uncomfortable situations and it makes me grateful in the end. Um But just kind of like remembering what like my overall goal was or still is. So I have been wanting to be um, like I said, I was into forensics as a child and I was like, oh, I'll be a forensic science technician. Is it because of CSI? No, forensic files.
0: Uh,
1: okay, okay. <laughs> Criminal <laughs> minds, yeah.
3: And um, I was just put on my head like, okay, I want to go to HBCU. So first person in my family go to HBCU, and now my little brother's at, at HBCU. And then I was like, oh, I want to be a physician. I'm the first in my family to be a physician. So it was just kind of like the next step, what can we keep doing? And just kept remembering like this is all going to work out in the end, everything. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what my mom was reassuring me to is like every – little step or every little side quest or part of your journey is going to lead you there so it may not be linear because no path is ever linear so you're going to have twists and turns and you're going to leave and then come back so just like being like holding on to that one goal of like I want to be a medical examiner, be a voice for those who are deceased and so that's kind of
2: how I am cool um for me, I felt like um, at an early age, um, I kind of like learned that life doesn't always work out as planned. So I like just came to terms with that. Hmm. Um, but also, my personality is kind of stubborn. <laughs> so. Um, If there's a will, there's a way. And even if someone tells me no, Mm -hmm. even if the world tells me no, I'm going to find a way to get to that yes for literally everything that I do. Um, And I understand that like a no right now doesn't mean a no forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just knowing those things and knowing that like, uh, not that you have control over situations that happen to you, but you have control over how you overcome them um and really just having strength and knowing that and truly believing it it really helped me um just have a hustle mindset for like everything I do because I know that it won't be forever if it's up to me so
4: yeah um I think very shortly, I think about all of the people that I've left behind as I've like rose up the ranks. Like, I mean, high school, I mean, college, I mean, grad school. Like I think about the people that I grew up with. And again, I'm not, Um, I mean, this from like a lens of equity and not me trying to brag or anything like that. But um, I think about lots of the people who who aren't in my shoes and could have been in my shoes, even though we grew up in the same circumstances, you know, same city, same school, like whatever. I think about people I worked with, people I went to the Boys and Girls Club with, like people who were literally my counterparts and to see like me where I am and where they are. Like, I think that I tell myself I'm special, um, but it's like, I'm special for a reason. Right. So you go mm-hmm. out and it's like, if I have the privilege to, to get all these skills and learn all these, um, get all this expertise, it makes me different and it gives me, I like, I can provide value to the people in the communities that mm-hmm. I want to serve, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously we're not all um, privileged enough to to be in the same shoes. So I'm like, you need somebody. I think I'm losing my train of thought. Can I, can I add to yeah, go ahead. what you're saying?
2: Yeah, that's also something, like, I understand what you mean by um the people that you um that are in your life and that you've Mm -hmm. experienced and you see how like society like keeps them Mm -hmm. back and it's like okay well I've been able to progress and progress and I want to come be able to come back and help the people that um haven't been able to have a voice and haven't been able to have the privilege to get an education and learn and how to do better for themselves. And I feel like the more of us, like, with that mindset, like, the more we can actually do something and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, genuinely change other people's lives. Is
4: that? Yeah, Yeah, it's like like, we don't earn these accolades in vain, right? right. Like It's like from where I came from, from where I am, those people need something that I have been given the opportunity to have acquired. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like not my obligation, but it's like, it pretty much is right. Yeah. That's what, I think that's what keeps me going. Like, Mm If I've been special enough to be like to have these opportunities right. and these privileges, like I might as well take it all the way to the end. And it's- I think that, like, I'm so grateful enough that I won't say that I did everything on my own, right? I'm always it's- grateful for the opportunities that have been given to me because of like the circumstances I was in. Mm-hmm. Because if it wasn't for anything that I received from anybody, like I wouldn't be where I am, you mm-hmm. know? It's hard for people to magically make it all the way out, right, but right. it's like almost. It's that's that's my that's how I can return the favor is like Mm -hmm. to do something. And
2: not only that, but like you understand what it's like to be there. So it's like you have the knowledge on both sides and you can meet in the middle and like benefit them truly for what they
4: need. Mm -hmm.
3: And just even adding to like kind of like what you were saying, Asia, about like where you have been and like where you are now, just like thinking about it too like where my grandparents were at my age. Or where they were when they were my age and just thinking, like, if it weren't for them, like, I wouldn't, like, be here. And, like, just other community members where they're, they're like, your play aunties, play cousins. Like, it was really a community and they, like, want to see you Mm -hmm. succeed. Like, they're putting all their resources and things that they know about to, like, push you and want you to be. So, it's, like, okay, I'm doing this for them and I want to come back and give back to, like, community. So exactly
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's something we both just missed that you just you're right because it don't matter if there's an article out or there's a video out but i just like somebody said something to me and they're like i'm just so proud of Mm -hmm. you and i'm crying and i'm sobbing and i'm like oh (laughs) (laughs) it makes me feel good that i make other people feel good
0: right -hmm. you guys just said something that like sparked something with me because like my grandfather had a third grade education Mm -hmm. um dropped out picked cotton Moved to Detroit mm. um, to work on the uh, the cars. Cars, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom first, similarly you, uh, first gen um, college graduate, right? And then for me, right, we're I'm literally two generations away from someone picking cotton, mm-hmm. right? And so to think about that from a community standpoint and progress and moving forward. That's uh, really powerful, so I appreciate you guys uh, mm-hmm. shedding light and like opening up the brain waves to, to reflect in that manner. So yeah. that's really awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious too if we can dive in a little more. Like you've mentioned some about like grandparents and parents supporting and Asia a couple times now about what you can give back um, and, and like be the role model for students uh, based on what you're learning and going through. I'm curious who else in your lives has acted as guides, advisors, like mentors and role models to you that have helped get you to where you are now?
2: It's a long list. Like, I <laughs> yeah, just, all right, like, that's a good thing. It really is. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm like, I got to shout everybody out. <laughs> right.
1: Like, right, right, the shout out section. Yeah,
2: right. Um I don't know, like, For me, just like everyone that I've ever, well, not ever come in contact with, but from school, from sports, from my mom's friends, to family, to like just everybody, like even just like one simple conversation that I have with a god on or something like that like it has changed my perspective my outlook on life which ultimately plays a role into like how I step into the world day after day so um everyone like uh for college I had like my teachers my advisors they mentored me academically personally um I don't know. That question always overwhelms me because I really don't believe that I would be where I am today without uh, the support that I've gotten over the years. So, yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would just have to agree with you, Leah. (laughs) Literally everyone I interacted with, dance, community, Mm -hmm. school. um, I do have one particular mentor who um, is also a medical examiner and kind of navigating that pre-med space that's been really helpful because recently... Like two years ago I didn't know the MCAT was in the electronic test. I thought it was a paper exam like mm-hmm. the SAT. So that was really been helpful. But literally like extended family, um literally everyone can't can't bring it down. Obviously like your mom, okay, but like <laughs> thanks mom. <but> like, <laughs> there's been more people that yeah. I can like reach out to, um, if I can't like talk to my mom at a moment. Um and it's been nice, like, giving back. Like, I know I have some, like, extended family. Like, it's, like, kids of kids now. And, like, even one of them I got to, like, be a nanny for. So it's just, like, going yeah. back and helping out in that way, too. It's really community. So yeah. it, every, as they say, you're part of your village. It takes exactly. a village exactly. to raise a child. So, yeah, shout out to
4: my village. Yes. Everyone. Yes. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm struggling with the question, but... um like, very vaguely, um, I don't know, I just, I think there's plenty of people that I've passed in my life who have, like, I guess, seen something special in me, which I guess, like, subliminally, like, it's what pushed me all along these ways. But um, I'm always surprised to see that people are, like, still watching me or, like, mm-hmm. thinking yes. about me. Like, that's yeah. what I love. Yes. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, I haven't it's talked easy. to so-and-so in mm-hmm. for forever. But, yeah. you know, they saw I just did this, and they still reached out to me. So I it's, think that's, that's – not that it's even better, but it's really nice that there are people who are, right. like, silently, like, wishing the best for you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, this feels good.
0: And with where you guys are today – And if you were to speak to your younger self or to your little sister that's in middle school, right, Mm -hmm. and they're struggling with asking for help or getting advice, how do you what 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 would you tell them as it relates to seeking help to navigate whatever's next?
3: A deep question.
2: That's hard. I'm yeah. still learning how to do that. Like, um, yeah. I don't, well. Let me think about yeah, it. Can uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take a second. Take a second. Take okay. a second. Yeah. Yeah. Still, yeah. For me, it's just like, I want to be realistic because about the advice I get, because it's hard to ask for help and, um,
0: so and lean on. Could you tell a story of a time where it was hard for you to ask for help?
2: Um, it doesn't have to be yes.
0: deep, right? But like,
4: um, what do you want? Wow. What I have? Heard... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I don't have a. I'm. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm struggling to answer the question yeah. because I I've talked about it before, but I wish I could tell. I don't know how to answer the question specifically about how I would tell that girl to ask for help. But one thing I would tell her and I wish and I can't even figure out how to tell the students that I engage mm-hmm. with now is yeah. that like it's not as important as you think it is, at least in the long term. And it's so hard to be a middle school student and to be told that that's really not that important in the grand scheme of things. But they don't have foresight. Wait, is that the first one? Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. they, <laughs> they don't have the force. To. Like if I could, it would be to so, like mm-hmm. impress upon. they. We have hindsight, but they they don't have the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's so hard to hear it from an older adults. Yes.
0: So all right, what if I reframed it in a space of it being, um, it is important and it's heavy yes. because it's your feelings. However, I think what I'm hearing you say is, look at the next step, right? Instead of making it bigger than it is. What is the next action step that you can focus on that takes you out of your head mm-hmm. and out mm-hmm. of your feelings that you can start helping you ta- make progress? I think that's what I'm hearing you say, but I could be wrong.
4: Oh, no, it sounds about right. <laughs> but it's, I'm like, I'm thinking about middle schoolers. It's so hard. I don't even have the answers for it now. Yeah. I don't even know if I have yeah, good advice. That's,
2: I was like, that's <laughs> something I'm still trying to learn. They're <laughs> <laughs> the hardest
4: group um, to work with. Yeah. I'm convinced.
3: I'll <laughs> say something. Because um, I've worked with kids since, yeah, pretty much my whole life in dance world, elementary school. And I feel like if I were to go to a younger version of me, I would say like... um. All of y'all, I guess in the classroom setting, if we're going to do like a classroom setting, yeah. like um, ask that question because there's probably like others having the same question mm-hmm. as you. Yeah. And so like I know that I like struggled with like how to like ask for help, um, especially when it got to like college and I'd be like, no, I want to like try to do things on our own. But like you can't do... Everything on your own, especially if it's, like, your first time Mm -hmm. experiencing it. So if we're going to go to middle school and, like, high school Amira, I would, like, tell her, you know, don't be afraid to, like, ask for help. Like, just go ahead and ask the question. The worst they can be, like, is, okay, I can understand your question. I hope I answered it. Yeah. Right. I hope that answers your question. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm just trying to, like, so I guess, guess like, because, like, where, where I'm going with it, and, I, and I, I, I so I think I think a part of it is like, right? I, when I was in middle school, I was angry. Mm-hmm. Right? I was angry because my dad wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would always make up stories of uh, like, you guys probably don't know who this is, but like John Taylor. He was a San Francisco Titan or wide receiver, not sure. But <laughs> I'd be like, Yeah, he's my dad, right? Mm-hmm. Damn what well, I kidding, my dad. Right. <laughs> but like I I would tell stories like that. But it was out of a space of insecurity because all the other kids in the class, their dads were around, Mm -hmm. right? And so being – the advice I would give to my younger self in that situation is accepting the reality and knowing, Mm -hmm. right, and being able to understand my circumstances and don't blame myself, Mm -hmm. but then also – being able to attach myself to a male teacher or mm. my buddy that I'm on a U basketball team with connecting mm. with their dad, right? Like building those male relationships, um, instead of being angry, instead of getting, picking, getting into fights or, 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 um, talking back in class and right. Like it, it's figuring out how to create a new, re- a different release, uh, based on, um, just like yeah not a, yeah just just mm-hmm. trying to find solutions rather than like letting it like fester mm-hmm. um yeah
3: okay, okay. Well, i guess just- to answer your question then if going that direction it was dance mm-hmm. like i remember like confusing time and like trying to do 50/50 parenting time like my dad was physically there but it was just like okay, we're here for the weekend, and then uh, you go back to your mom's. So it was just, like, a lot of confusion with that, um, being insecure with, like, my appearance, too. Um, just, like, very sad girl. I don't know if I was depressed. I don't know. But, um, yeah. And, like, my mom said she didn't understand. She would be like, oh, it's ironic because she's a therapist. <laughs> so it would <was> just be <laughs> like, no, Mira, you're just my moody blue child. And I'm like... No, mom. But I just I remember one night where it was just like overwhelming, and um, I was just like I just want to go dance. Like I don't know why I was crying, but my mom was like, "Let's take you to dance." And like, I think at the time I only was dancing maybe two days or three days out the week before crazy scheduling. Um, but yeah, I remember one night it was very. My mom was like, "We'll just take you to the dance studio and you can dance." So it's just like. Was there? Ah, I don't want to cry because I specifically remember that night. Damn. But um no, I'm trying not
2: to cry.
3: Anymore. Yeah, I'm trying not to cry. But um, oh I specifically remember my mom being like, "Okay, let's go to the dance studio. I'll drop you off. Mm-hmm. Be there, I guess, as long as you can." And I just danced. Yeah. Um, I don't want to cry, um. but um. <laughs> Yeah, it was just dance was a very big part. Like I said, I want to feel most confident, feel more yeah. um creative and it was just like I don't have to talk to anybody, I don't really have to see anybody, I can just
0: dance. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Thank you for sharing.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of the well every everybody needs help in some capacity, but as far as like big themes like that, it's really hard to ask for help because A lot of times, especially like in the black community, um, when you do ask for help about processing emotions and feelings, it's not often that um, someone's there to really um, help. So as far as like advice that I would give to my younger self is like, you know, you're in this world. Everybody is in this world trying to figure it out. So I would tell myself, like, just be as much as you can just be you be authentic because everything can be going on and if you're also not being true to yourself it just makes everything fester a little bit more um I would also just say kind of like you Amir like those things that you enjoy to do. For me, it was my friends, like, well, for me, it was laughing. And my friends were hilarious. And so... (laughs) Whenever we were all going through it, we would just start telling the most crazy jokes, having the craziest conversations, and being able to just laugh and, like, not always think about what's going on at home, what's going on at school. Mm -hmm. It was nice to just lean on each other and laugh. And the time where I felt like I really had no one, like, friends and You know, sometimes, but um, at those times, um, that's when I kind of leaned in on myself and I read a lot of books. So books were kind of like my way of going into another world where Mm -hmm. I could just kind of like just focus on this lovely book in front of me. So that was something that I did. But I know that like sometimes there's not that many opportunities to really... be authentically you in a vulnerable manner. So, and I know that especially in middle school, a lot of kids don't have that opportunity. So um, lean on what you love and know that like your authenticity is what will keep you sane, but also keep you um, different and hopefully in the end play a role into society like having a bigger mind to open mind about things and yeah. Yeah.
4: So Those are also beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I think from the perspective of me who I am today in 2023 I like what I really want to say insensitively it's just it doesn't all matter right now it's not as big as you think it is but i'm not too sure what i if that would have been convincing to middle school me like i don't i know that then i wouldn't even imagine where i am where i am today i don't think i knew or understood myself back then because um, i would say something like this doesn't matter now because in the future you're gonna da but mm-hmm. i don't even know myself well enough mm-hmm. then to have said something convincing mm-hmm. enough to be like okay this is all worth it this is a push through but i would just assure myself like i promise you it gets better we do something great but yeah. back then i wouldn't even have any clue what like what the star in the sky was it was just like just pure faith just like i promise asia is gonna get better just right. listen to me that's that's right. really it. Right. Just like yeah.
2: i mean like hold on right
3: but me. add a little bit more asia because kind of yeah thinking about it it'd be like kind of i think what you said marquise about um thinking about the next step so like i worked with like elementary school at one point And, you know, they would be like, oh, this homework, I don't want to do this, da, da, da. And then I would ask them questions about like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And kind of like open up their mind, like ask them questions and have them tell me. And I'd be like, okay. So like I remember working with one student, they said that they wanted to be like, I think, a football player and do all these things. And so I try to bring it in the perspective. I'm like, that's a great dream. yes. But remember, to think you got to get to that dream, you got to go through school, you got to get good grades. So kind of just being like, oh, yeah, we don't. I don't want to do English or I don't want to do my reading homework. But it's like things, things are fundamental so that you can reach the dreams that you're telling me. Because it's like you're telling me this great story, this great dream, and I want to see you succeed. But it's like, do you know really the steps to get there? So kind of yeah. like not at all that it matters, but maybe thinking like, OK, tell me a little bit about what you want to do. And how can I kind of shape it so that you can see where this pers- perspective I'm
4: seeing it from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes me Definitely. think that's what maybe I should have told myself is it's time to look inward. It's time to, because yeah. I guess I didn't have anything fueling me for a really long time, especially not in middle school. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't that kid who had like a dream career, a dream job. For me, it was get good grades, get good grades. And I would have yeah. emphasized to myself that there's more than grades. Like this is an opportunity mm-hmm. to experience. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I missed out on that a lot. So thank you for the advice.
1: Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. (laughs) There's like that theme of authenticity, I think, really resonates, especially with me. And I think even hits on a little bit of Asia. I, I believe what you're saying about like, don't take what's happening right now too seriously. It doesn't really matter in the end. My head always goes to like my experience in middle school and high school, especially is that like, Being cool and trying to be popular and like looking the part Mm. mattered almost more than anything else. And that in whatever next stage is actually mattered the least in long term. And but had you told me don't care about those things you care about, I would have been like, all right, clearly you know nothing. (laughs) You know, like that. I know that would have been my reaction (laughs) in the moment. But As you're talking about like owning your authenticity and like figuring out, you know, what is it that you really care about in Mm -hmm. your interests in who Mm -hmm. you are or what you might want to be. I see that as like the advice of just like find any older person, whether it's an older kid in the neighborhood or somebody just at the next stage or an adult that happens to be really passionate about something that you think you are Mm. and just go connect with them somehow and because I know that I love to try all kinds of different things but I would never go all the way into them Mm. because I was afraid it wouldn't make me look cool and so like I loved basketball even though I wasn't the best basketball player around there are other ways to be involved but I was afraid that if I got involved in a non-traditional way in basketball that wasn't being the star of the team, that Mm -hmm. might make me not look cool. Or being in drama, like I could dabble in some plays, but if I became a drama kid, like that might not make me look cool or dance or any of those things. But like,
4: I was thinking that. You know? Right?
1: But like if I just found the older person or adult that really liked that, I might be able to connect and understand what it means to navigate that space of following something that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I wish somebody had yeah. told me. And I know, unfortunately, if my parents had told me that, which maybe they did, it wasn't going to land <laughs> the same. Like I <laughs> had, needed somebody outside the fam to say it to me. Um, but yeah, that's that's a message that I'm getting from you know all three of you, which I love. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, in wrapping up the session, we we've kind of asked other groups this as well. I'm curious, um, what is one or two things that you feel like you might need in order to succeed to get to your next step mm-hmm. in the moment can, we're in?
2: Okay, I'll try to like talk fast. But um, so what? I would say I would need right now is to really one slow, just slow down and not try to do everything. Um, For the, my whole life, really, like I have been running like high speed, like I want to be in this, 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 and I can do it all. And I've been telling myself that since like the beginning, like I just wanted to do everything. And for the past six years, like, freshman year of college till now, I've been, um, really running like as far as my career and just not taking breaks. And so recently I reached a point where it actually severely started impacting my physical health and my mental health. And I realized, and I was trying to prove to myself, like, I can do everything. I can do it all still. And, um, I found out recently that that is not the case and it made me reflect a little bit more on the importance of being still and knowing that things will work out, doing the work but not overdoing the work, Um, being realistic about my goals and my expectations, um, understanding that I don't always have to be... um, resilient and I can take a moment for myself to like really relax and really just analyze things before I jump into them. So, um right now being patient and accepting the fact that sometimes it is okay for life to take you by the reins that instead that? of you taking life by the reins. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm really um starting to learn and it's honestly been giving me some peace about my future successes. So, yeah.
0: I'm actually glad you're learning that right now. Yes. That's yes, awesome. Yes. That's really good.
2: It's a big lesson.
3: <laughs> I because you said some good things. I was like, dang, I can't say that
4: now.
3: <laughs> but I, just to add I the importance of, like, rest because um, – yeah, like I said, I was heavily involved, thinking I could do everything. And it's like, no, you can't. You can't do yeah. everything, Amira. So knowing when to say no, I think, too, because, like, a lot of opportunities, i would be like, oh, can you do this? Can you do this? And at the time, I'd be like, yes, yes. And then I'd be like, oh, I scheduled three things all in one day. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, knowing when to say no um, to um certain things, commitments, um, knowing when to rest, kind of like when COVID hit, um. And, like, Leah had shared, just, like, doing everything, always on run, and it was like, whoa, take a step back and be like, oh, the world isn't moving that fast. That was, yeah. So, um, yeah, rest, learning when to say no, and taking risks. Okay. Taking smart risks smart when risks. it comes yeah, yeah. to, yeah. um, like, different things. I'm like, okay, if, like, I took a risk coming to grad school. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
4: I resonated with what she said in the very beginning, um, like slowing down. But like I think I need to take more time to figure it out exactly what I what it is I want to do. I think very broadly I do now, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe like the opposite of what you were saying, like you're trying to stop yourself from dabbling in so many different places. But for me, I just, I want to continue collecting experiences so I can understand what I do like and what I don't like and what I want to do and what I don't want to do. Because I wish my, my goals were more specific, mm-hmm. right? Like, what I want to do. It's not as clear as somebody who knows exactly what their career title and job and organization is going to be. Um, so I'd like to take some time to just explore what it is I enjoy and what I don't. That's, but when you said slow down, like I think I need to look inward, but also not spread myself so thin like what you were saying, Amira. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think there's a lot that I still have to learn in terms of myself and what i'm gonna end up doing or being Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah. no i mean i just want to thank you guys for coming today and being vulnerable and sharing your successes uh you guys are truly amazing and uh keep up the great work
1: and uh black girl magic right (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah thank you all so much um this episode is awesome. I'm really excited to share this with the world. Um, and hopefully keep you all involved in the coaching for change network, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, you always have a place here and your message is worth sharing. So I hope that you have more opportunities to share what it is that you have to offer the world and, and the experiences and what you've learned so far. So it's awesome. Um, for anyone that's listening or watching, if you'd like to learn more um, about the college students we're working with and the organization of Coaching for Change and what we're doing in the communities to help bring college-aged young adults who are successful like Asia, Leah, and Amira um, to Make an impact, make a difference in local school systems. uh, Please visit www.c4cinc.org. Reach out to us and get involved. There's lots of ways that we can help lift the mission and make a difference for more for more people. Thank you for watching, listening, and being with us today. This podcast is presented by Coaching for Change, empowering college students to ignite change in the next generation. A special thank you to our inspirational podcast participants for sharing their stories with all of us. To the amazingly talented Trey Mutava and Mutava Music for the soundtrack of this podcast. To the Fall River Public Schools for donating the space. To Rowan Edwards for filming and editing this podcast. And of course, to you, our listeners. To get involved with Coaching for Change or make a donation to the nonprofit please visit www.c4cinc.org or find us on social media at Coaching for Change.